0: Life good. Never on. Whoa. Hard. Hard Hardly. Come on, Brent. Life good.
1: Got real close. Hair high, right? Try and hit two thirds. Have they saved it
0: for her? Yes, they have. Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott, physically distancing, as always. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. <laughs> but uh, what do you got going on over there, buddy?
1: Well, you know, it's, uh, it's a week, uh, yeah. a, big, a big week. And, uh, you know, we're thinking of all of our friends around the world uh, and south of the border. So I got a uh, a Dominion City double IPA called No Sign of Land. Because that's yes. how some of us feel right now. We feel out <laughs> in the middle of the ocean adrift. So... Uh, but cheers to everybody and uh, bottoms up.
0: Yes, absolutely. It has been uh, a very busy news week. Of course, I was paying great attention last night to the reporting that was coming out. I'm sure everyone uh, paid very close attention to the news that uh, pressed cafe is closing in ottawa i was following all the twitter updates about that uh you know really leading news i'm sure around the world so uh, yeah yeah you know yeah really really tough so so feel for the folks over there didn't really see any other news going on i think sort of a light news week other than that yeah pretty light pretty light other than that yeah so uh (laughs) so we hope everyone is doing well we wanted to take this week scott to turn our attention back to some of the elite-level competition because there are teams out there that are playing in Saskatchewan. We have the, the local tour there. We've seen an event in Alberta, at least one event in Alberta, and, of course, the events in Kitchener and Waterloo. And I was thinking that we talk so much about individual teams, yet in this country to get to a national championship at the men's or women's level, you have to go through a province and with all the discussion around should the Briar and the Scotties change the format so that provincial representatives aren't there or maybe have the Canada Cup be whoever represents Canada World Championship, it got me thinking of where is there potentially inequity in the provinces or which provinces are harder to get out of? So what we've done is we've created a ranking, of the provinces based off of the overall quality between men's, women's and mixed doubles play. And we've taken very different approaches. So my rankings are based entirely on the eye test. So I wrote down the member associations of curling Canada, the teams that I could think of and ranked them based off of that, of just who I think are the best teams. And then just, overall which province has the greatest strength in the province across the three disciplines where scott you have done something very very different
1: very different sean you know um i was doing some stuff for work uh, this week or i was using a lot of excel as uh, you know calculating uh, the mean of a, of a range of data standard deviation you know i'm plotting it all i'm really in the data mindset so what I did was I scoured through uh, records of, of provinces and how they've how their teams have done at various events um, all the way back in time. So uh, that's what I've done. I've taken all the data, I've crunched the numbers. I've applied a few weighting uh, mechanisms that I believe are important. Uh, we can talk about that when we get there. But I've crunched the numbers and I have for you the definitive list from top to bottom of best to worst provinces slash territories in our curling culture.
0: All right. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm very curious to see how these lists match up, if they match up at all. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? All right. So, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go bottom to top or top to bottom?
1: <clears throat> well, we can knock out the, the bottom pretty easily. I, I think uh, I think that's fair. Uh, do okay. you want to? Do you want me to explain a little bit of the, the things I took into account uh, yeah, in creating yeah. these numbers? I, I think that I think that would be good. Okay. So, you was sort of gut feeling. Yes. And yours is based on now, or is it all time?
0: I've gone more to the now like which province is is the
1: strongest now okay so mine is is more weighted all time but the the results sort of sort themselves out so you'll see that it does sort of match up with what I would think of uh, as being strong in the now so okay. for the men's and women's side I I put in the same, Events into my formula. I have Canadian championships, gold, silver, and bronze. Uh, I have Olympic gold, silver, and bronze. I have Grand Slam wins, Grand Slam finals, and then seniors and juniors wins. Okay. So I have all of those for men and women. I then also added... Um, Canadian mixed championships one uh, Canadian club curling championships and mixed doubles national uh, national championships. And for that, I awarded one point for each player that was from that province. So where there was a provincial okay. split, uh, one province got one point and the other got another point. Makes sense. Uh, as for the waiting, of what I did uh, the highest weight I gave to the Olympic medals uh a, a 10 10 times weighting factor for gold 5 times for silver uh 3 times for bronze yep for the national championships I've got uh 3 times the weight for gold 2 for silver 1 for bronze uh the rest are one like they're weighted at a 1 to 1 factor
0: all righty makes sense
1: so uh with that said uh i i did come up with two different systems i i created one where i gave a a bonus based on the highest rated team currently in the order of merit uh to each province so i basically it was the brad gushu that i was trying to see if like it would elevate brad gushu and newfoundland a little bit um, for the now so we can get into that later when I talk about the overall, but I'll go with the, uh, the base ratings with no team bonus uh, for now. Okay. And uh, the bottom are the three territories. Uh, the, the Northwest territories did get one point in my, uh, in my f- ratings for, I believe they got a bronze medal. Uh, the yeah, women I think
0: the coos uh, the coos have won at the mixed, I believe.
1: I don't have something for mixed. I have a, okay. uh, I have a bronze medal somewhere.
0: So anyway. Maybe a junior.
1: Could be. Could for be one of the coos. So, so yeah, so we've got uh, one point for them, but like they're clearly the the bottom three of the field.
0: Okay. So you- I no, I don't have that. as the bottom three i do have nunavut as the bottom and i do have yukon as the second to last so 13 member associations i have nunavut 13th and the yukon 12th and again i'm leaning more to the contemporary you're going into a national championship who do i have the most confidence in and Mm -hmm. i would put thomas scoffin a little ahead of Anyone who's going to be playing for Newfoundland or uh, Nunavut, excuse me. So that's why I would have UConn at number twelve for me. I'm putting Prince Edward Island at number eleven, uh, and I'm we're not at the territories uh, at the Northwest Territories yet. I put PEI there because who's there now? Like the, the there there were great teams in the past, you know that. Amazing, Kathy O'Rourke here, of course, stands out. Suzanne Goody, but overall, in the even if you're thinking longevity, I think that if you put the Cooys and their resume uh, up against the PEI folks, I would put well, Carrie Galusha, of course, uh, but being part of that Cooey family with Jamie on the men's side, I would put them a, a little ahead of that. So I have PEI in that eleven slot.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, PEI, a spoiler alert is my next, uh, next one at uh, number 10. So I, uh, I will clarify that Northwest Territories Yukon has a third place finish at the Scotties. Um, I don't know what year, but I got it from the top three finishes table. Okay. Um, So that was when they were combined, but I gave it to Northwest Territories because I figured that's who it was. So, Uh, yes, and no. I if I look at Suzanne Burt versus Carrie Galusha in the order of merit, um, oh, that's not
0: fair, but but order of merit, I mean, overall, yes, like because she can play more, she's going to be higher on the order of merit, obviously. Like we've talked about this in the past, just the opportunities to play govern how high teams are, and once you get below a certain number, what around 30 to 40. That the order of merit doesn't necessarily reflect which team is better.
1: Yeah, well, okay, but like it's not like Suzanne Goody is on the circuit playing every weekend. Uh, so they're no. twenty three and Galusha's forty two.
0: Fair, but in in its totality, though, who do you have on the men's side on PEI? That if you're again thinking about balancing out the entirety of the member association. I would, I would argue that the territories are overall, on the average national level elite event, are going to give you a tougher game than a PEI team at
1: this point. Certainly at this point. Well, that can be uh, the hill you die on, but uh, I disagree. So Okay. No, there's another the, hill and, I'm going to die on. <laughs> and the numbers also disagree with you, Sean. All right. P- so, PEI in my points total... Uh, jumps all the way from the one point of Northwest Territories to 33 points.
0: Yeah. And and again, this is me thinking more in the contemporary and you have the more historical all-time one.
1: Yes. And, yeah. and that does take into account those great teams, uh, mostly on the women's side that you talked about.
0: Absolutely. And even um, uh, Gallant, uh, what's his first name? Peter Gallant. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had some good finishes uh, representing PI as well. Yeah, I
1: got two bronze medals from P.I. at uh, at Nationals. Two junior yeah. wins. That was Breckelant. Yep. Yeah. And uh, three seniors wins as well in there. Yeah. So, All
0: right. So we disagree on 11. Uh, and and then on we're going to disagree on 10 as well. Because you have P.I. in the 10 spot. Scott, I do not. And this is the only one that if I was in my list, that if I was thinking of the history of the sport, I would really want to move up Uh, but thinking again in the contemporary elements uh, I would have Nova Scotia here certainly over the last over the last 15 years Uh, there's nobody in Nova Scotia and it pains me to say that because Jamie Murphy is one of my favorite players in the country but over the past 15 years there's nobody really who threatens you uh, with with all due respect to the Stuart Thompson's of the world but if you think about last year In the women's final in Nova Scotia, you had one team who is not going to participate this year and another team that is no longer a team and the skip has moved literally to the other side of the country. So who's going to take up that spot on the women's side? I don't know. And for as much as I love Jamie Murphy, they go to a briar and if they can get to the championship round, that's a win for them. Again, if you're taking all time, This province is going to be much higher on the list because you have Colleen Jones, you have Mark Dacey, and the run of dominance from the East Coast. But from a a modern past 10 to 15 years perspective, I think they have to be pretty low on the list.
1: Yeah. So uh, overall, Nova Scotia on my list finishes sixth on the list, Sean. Uh, They just edge out Northern Ontario uh, and and so Northern Ontario wow. has a bit of a handicap given that, uh, you know, they weren't competing as Northern Ontario for, uh, the women for a long time. Right. Uh, so. I don't know. So just as a,
0: a methodological question, we'll certainly talk about it when we get to Northern Ontario, but since you bring it up and it's close between Northern Ontario and Nova Scotia, where do Heather Houston's Scotty's wins in the world championship win go in your
1: calculation? So. That's a a very fair point. And I did put them in Ontario uh, until, so basically any win by an Ontario team when there was no Northern Ontario counted for Ontario Uh, because in theory they had to beat out all of the Southern Ontario teams to make to the Scotties, right? Right. Uh, The only exception to this is that Krista McCarvel's team won a grand slam or were runners up in a grand slam. I think in 2006, I counted that as a Northern Ontario point. So that that's like a one, two point swing uh, either okay. way, which doesn't, doesn't really make a difference.
0: No, that's uh no, that's fair. So yeah, Nova Scotia, historically pretty high up there in the number six spot for you. Wow. Okay.
1: So but I'll let's... tell you looking at, when I take into account a bonus for the strongest contemporary team, they do, they do slip by uh, one slot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Certainly that would put uh, Northern Ontario up over them for sure. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, let's move up then Uh, Scott in the number nine slot. We've not revealed your number nine slot, nor have we revealed mine. So for me again, with a more modern perspective, I put down, New Brunswick in the number nine slot. Again, if you're looking on the men's side, we love James Gratton. Uh, He beat uh, Team Roach last year in that great final. We are huge fans on this show as well of Andrea Crawford and her team. Mm -hmm. But overall, again, those are teams that you're looking to get to a championship round. Probably not serious contenders at this point for a Scotties or a Breyer. If you're looking at the juniors, the junior teams haven't done as well recently as some of the other maritime provinces. And then I was thinking too of mixed doubles on that side. You don't hear a lot about the mixed doubles teams coming out in New Brunswick. So I put them down in the nine hole.
1: Yeah, uh, I have them as uh, the number 10 team. So where, where you put Nova Scotia at 10, I've got uh, New Brunswick with Nova Scotia a bit higher. Uh, you're right. Uh, the The mixed, the mixed doubles, the club championships. They don't have any of those. A couple of Canadian mixed, uh, of course. Uh, Sylvia Robichaux's team. I think did they win the year that it was here, Sean, or was that uh, Alberta? That was
0: Alberta and Darren Molding. And Darren Molding. Uh, I think. Right. I think Sylvie, as the lone uh, woman skip in that event, I think she made the playoffs, if memory serves.
1: Yeah. So uh, a pretty strong. Uh, team there in mixed, and a lot of silvers at the at the Briar uh, silvers and bronzes, you know, with Russ Howard. So that's uh, where their score comes up. But you're right, to be honest, uh, not a lot of strength throughout all of the disciplines for uh, New Brunswick.
0: All right, so let's move up another slot, Scott. This is where I have the Northwest Territories, as, we, as I said earlier based purely on the strength of the Cooey's. So I put them ahead of New Brunswick. So who is next on your list?
1: Okay, so uh, next is Quebec. Uh, I I was a little bit surprised by this. Um, So I won't spoil the next one on my list, but Quebec jumps over them uh, when I add a little team bonus, which doesn't, when you hear it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, But Quebec... They've got uh, two Briar wins. Uh, they've got one Scotties win. Uh, some like uh, second and third place finishes in both those events. But where they really miss out is in the Grand Slams. Uh, no Grand Slam wins uh, for a team from Quebec. Other than I think Jean-Michel Menard might have had one. Uh, but but other than that, like no finals at a at a Grand Slam. Uh, they got a, few, a couple seniors wins one junior but it's really the the dearth of grand slams that that holds Quebec down
0: yeah that uh, I think that's pretty a reasonable one because they're next on my list after the territories for me is okay. Quebec and yeah a, a province that you're looking on the men's side contemporarily Mike Fournier Eric Bedard uh they're pretty good showings when they were there. Martin Kret, of course, is always a threat. On the women's side, you're looking at some of those younger teams. Uh, Naomi Verho, we saw them this year. They didn't win a lot, but they were fun to watch, certainly. Mm-hmm. I think where they get a bit of a bump for me is on that mixed doubles end, they're pretty competitive. The Desjardins uh, do tend to make a lot of playoffs at mixed doubles events. I know they, they've they never won a national championship, I don't believe, but very competitive on that mixed double side, which I think bumps up Quebec over some other places because of the the mixed doubles threat that they present.
1: Yeah, they have uh, one win as a team as in mixed doubles. I think it was the year after... Um, who, who am I thinking of? The Ontario team. The Tucks. Uh, the Tucks, yes. The name escaped me for a second. I think it was the year after the Tucks. I think it might have been the year, actually, I played in the Quebec mixed doubles okay. playdowns. So I was like, hey, I lost to the winners. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, yeah you're pretty right. Good. You're right on that. So Quebec was your next team too?
0: Well, uh, so, all right. So let's reset as to where we are. So uh, you have on your list at the bottom moving up, Nunavut, Yukon, Northwest Territories, PEI, New Brunswick, Quebec. That's right. And so for me, I'm Nunavut, Yukon, PEI, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Northwest Territories, Quebec.
1: All right. So I'll give you my number, number eight team then because yeah. you've given your number eight. Uh, and it's Newfoundland and Labrador. Okay. Uh, a little bit surprised that it's this low given that I gave 10 points for an Olympic gold medal. Right. Right. Like, uh, so it seems like, hey, they should probably have a bit more. But uh, really, like, there, there was nothing until the last few years with, with Brad Gushu finally breaking through. So I think they had one Briar win before that. Uh, they're up to four right now. Uh, yep. and, and where, what really hurts them is on the women's side, uh, three Scotty silvers, yep. three Scotty's bronze, but like no representation at all at the grand slams. Uh, no. for instance, Brad Gushu has, uh, nine grand slam wins and nine finals. Yeah. So and, it,
0: and if you look at on the women's side, I'm assuming most of those points are coming from uh, Kathy Cunningham. Kathy Cunningham, yeah, yeah. And again, a a team that competed really in the early days of the Grand Slams and and a couple of her her Scotty's appearances were pre-Grand Slams. Mm -hmm. So not that surprising that you're not seeing a lot of Grand Slam representation on the women's side out of the province.
1: Yeah, they do get two points for mixed doubles because of uh, Brett Gallant and Jocelyn Peterman winning twice.
0: Why Uh, Why did
1: all the points go to Newfoundland? No, no. So Brett Gallant gets one point for each one that he's won. Okay, and uh, Jocelyn gets points uh, for Manitoba because that's where she was when they won. Her first one might be for Alberta, but anyway. Um, Okay. So so yeah, and they've got uh, one junior women's win, one junior men's win, but yeah, it's they're sort of perfectly middle of the road, which I think eight is a pretty fair, pretty fair rating. Yeah,
0: I agree because I have them at number (laughs) number seven. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador so yeah again next on my list in that seventh slot and again I'm thinking other than Brad Gushu there's nobody really who scares you out of, at a national event so in terms yeah. of the depth of the field there's nobody really who's who's looking at you I am curious to see what happens with this Daniel Bruce team that did so well at the juniors last year and of course the third second or third from that team was called up to Team Gushu over the weekend Mm -hmm. as Jeff Walker was unable to travel into the Atlantic bubble to participate in the event in Halifax. So obviously that team, great performance. And if the guys from Team Gushu are mentoring them, working with them, potentially that's a team that you're gonna be keeping your eyes open for moving forward. And of course, Greg Smith is always there sort of just lurking Uh, ready to get himself back on national TV and have everybody fall in love with him again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you give me your, what what are you at, number seven? Yeah, so for me, Newfoundland and Labrador is number seven. Okay. So I'll give you my number seven province. And I I think this is where it might differ with you, Sean. Um, It's Northern Ontario. Okay. And I feel like you, knowing how much we both love Krista McCarville, and knowing how good Brad Jacobs is right now, I can imagine yep. that uh, Northern Ontario was a little higher on your list. But uh, like like you say, if I had given the Heather Houston wins to Northern Ontario, they would obviously be a bit higher uh, on these rankings. Uh, they they sneaked in. Just below Nova Scotia, just four points behind Nova Scotia. So, you know uh, that would easily have been a flip in that case. And they are sort of uh, much higher on the men's side than on the women's side because of the longevity of the uh, of, of the program in Northern Ontario.
0: For sure, yeah. If you're like in that in your rankings, you're taking all the Al Hackner wins. In there, uh, and certainly Jacobs plays more than Kristen McCarvel too, uh, yes. with grand Slams, uh, of course, the gold medal pretty big uh, accomplishment that would factor in as mm-hmm. well so yeah it 's not surprising to me that the men's side would weighed, uh, or would weigh more heavily, excuse me in this ranking just because they're a more decorated team than Kristen McCarvel, and as you say, if you 're counting the Heather Houston ones as Ontario, that is going to weaken the Northern Ontario women's side, which has only been in the Scotties for how long has it even been? Six, seven years or longer? Mm,
1: yeah, about that, about that. Yeah. Uh, so the I guess since Team Canada went into the Briar, right? So 2015. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so for, yeah, so not that long. So yeah, only
0: five years. So and just, so just I, to
1: give you some some perspective on it. Of the points allocated for Northern Ontario, uh, 80 points come from the men's side, 10 from the women's side, and four from the uh, mixed and club championship uh, level. And th- those are all from Canadian mixed. So, right. Yeah. And, and then you look at the Nova Scotia, who in my rankings just edged out Northern Ontario. Uh, they have 98 points. 63 of them are from the women, which is obviously mostly Colleen Jones. Yes. And then 28 from the men's side and only seven from the, uh, from the mixed. So a uh, real disparity between the men's and women's there.
0: Absolutely. And Scott, maybe I'll, I'll surprise you, but they're next on my list. They're number six for me, okay. uh, Northern Ontario. So again, for me, again, with a more contemporary perspective, once you get past Jacobs and McCarville, there's just not a lot of depth there, especially mm-hmm. on the men's side, since Tanner Horgan left, that hurts the depth on the men's side. Definitely on the women's side, Chris McCarwell just seems to run through these events. Kira Brunton might become a, a solid player and somebody who has the ability, well, she certainly has the ability to, uh, to be someone who could be competitive in Northern Ontario and potentially at a national level as well. They're not there yet, still a very young team. But if you're looking at up-and-comers from Northern Ontario, I think that's the only one that really stands out Right now, has, well, that even, has made any any dent on the national level. So I think depth wise, when we'll get to the top five, you're not quite there.
1: Yeah, and and even Kira brunton has has moved to play with Lauren Mann in their rink out of Ottawa. Ottawa oh, that's uh, this right. This year, yeah. so yes, she may go back to the north uh, someday, but she's getting in some some reps down south. Yeah, uh, for th- for at least this year, and uh, maybe more. So I think yeah, Sean, good. that means we have the same top five teams. We do, yes. So let's let's switch
0: it up now that we've gotten to the top five slightly. Okay. Let's talk about the provinces then, because we have the same provinces and yes. I'm I'm curious to see where they fall. So just to recap, for me, starting with number six, Northern Ontario, Newfoundland, Quebec. Northwest Territories, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, Yukon, Nunavut. And Scott, again, starting at number six, Nova Scotia, Northern Ontario, Newfoundland, Quebec, New Brunswick, PEI, Northwest Territories, Yukon, Nunavut. Yeah. All right. So the five provinces that we have not mentioned, or the I should say the member associations, the five member associations yes. that we have not mentioned. I'm going to go with member associations because the people in Saskatchewan, hate the fact that Northern Ontario (laughs) is there, but I will remind you all that Northern Ontario has won more Briars than Saskatchewan. So there you go. (laughs) So let's get into uh, not more Scotties, but to be fair to Northern Ontario, they weren't there for the majority of the Scotties.
1: Anyway. Actually, that's wrong, Sean. Saskatchewan's won seven Briars, Northern Ontario five.
0: Oh, excuse me. Uh, They've won more recently than Saskatchewan. Yes, that is true yeah my apologies uh so let's get into this let's go geographically then scott from the five provinces that we have left or the five member associations we have left let's start in the east where we are in ontario what are the main factors who are the main players in ontario that influence the ranking there
1: so because i went back for the entire briar history and scotty's history uh Ontario has uh, very strong teams. Russ Howard, uh, Ed Wernick. uh, John Epping has done well the last couple of years um, on the men's side. Uh, Then on the women's side, like obviously Rachel Holman, Heather Houston's team you mentioned was counted under Ontario. Yeah, Uh, I believe uh, Alison Goring won one and Marilyn Bodo won one. So, a lot of uh, sort of like consistent quality. Uh, of course Wayne Maws team I can't forget about him. Uh, so uh, really consistent quality, good representation at the Grand Slams as well. On the women's side it's mostly Homan. on the men's side though, uh, it is the you know the Wayne Madaws, the Glenn Howards, uh, all that all that kind of stuff uh, from all right. the way back then through now where we see, Uh, Team Epping breaking through and, you know, Team Howard's still there. So uh, a lot of depth, I I think, in Ontario.
0: Yeah, historically, definitely a lot of depth in Ontario. I would argue that the depth is not there in the same way that it used to be in Ontario, that you are seeing a bit of a thinning out of it. Part Mm -hmm. of that might be on the women's side, having Northern Ontario there and having arguably the biggest threat in the geographic province of Ontario to team home and not participate in an Ontario provincial playdown. I think mm-hmm. that does hurt, hurt the depth a little bit on that side, but on the men's side right now, I think you do have a case where you have Epping. Howard is there as a competitor, but it, it's really the the balance of power is shifted heavily towards John Epping. Scott McDonald, i the, I'm really sad that we're not getting a full season for a lot of reasons this year. But one of them is to see what Scott McDonald's bounce back would have been after a, an admittedly down year from them last year after that great run two years ago. And on the women's side, I think everybody is playing for second place. With all due respect to everybody, uh, but uh, you know we're at the point that now that I, I think Holman is is the dominant team and she has been for a while. I think where Ontario really gets a bump in in a contemporary perspective isn't that mixed doubles i'm i'm saying that double j and lang are ontario <laughs> i'm putting them both in ontario i don't know what the official there's no residency rules for mixed doubles they live in ontario they play together i'm putting them under ontario uh the Tucks, the first couple of mixed doubles in canada you exactly. got weagle and epping playing together do you put holman when she's playing mixed doubles uh, out of ontario
1: you could argue that she could play out of alberta for that whatever the rules are but well if it's her and john morris that are original ontarians that are living (laughs) in alberta i don't know i don't know what you do ottawa west (laughs) so uh so so i think
0: the mixed double side of it really when i was looking at my rankings and my list the mixed doubles actually put them up higher than i might have on the four person teams Mm -hmm. so for me i have ontario scott at number three where is Ontario for you?
1: Ontario is exactly at number three for me as well. Okay. Uh, they're a little higher on the women's side. Actually, uh, without the team bonus. So, so like the the team bonus I was talking about vaults, Rachel Holman and Ontario on the women's side into second. Uh, but without the team bonus, Ontario is number four on the women's side, number three on the men's aggregates into a number three so right. uh i think i think everything you said is true um from the historic aspect there's a couple provinces that are ahead of ontario clearly uh, but they are very solidly in that top three yes so let's move over actually let's bounce
0: back and forth let's hop to the other side of the country another we'll coast yeah, we'll sort of squeeze into the central part of the country. So let's go over to British Columbia. BC, very interesting historically. Uh, pretty strong on the women's side. You have Kelly Law with mm-hmm. a silver medal from the Olympics. You have Kelly Scott, of course, the consecutive Scotties championships. So you have some points that are becoming going to be coming from the women's side. You do have a couple Brier briar high finishes, from Cotter when Morris was there. And of course we talked about the Guy Hemmings final. I believe that guy. No, he was from Saskatchewan, wasn't he? Um, Yes, uh, Gerald. Yes, Gerald. But Greg McCauley has had some good finishes, if I'm not mistaken. So historically you're looking at some good stuff for BC. From a contemporary perspective, this is where I think it gets really interesting because on the women's side uh, out in British Columbia, you do have... Some good young teams in Corinne Brown, Sarah Wark, who we've seen at the Scotties. Kessa Van Osh has been there twice. And you can't rule out the addition of Marianne Arsenault to the BC field moving forward, even mm-hmm. though she's not going to be there for as long as Corinne Brown, conceivably competing competitively. Short term, that is a solid addition that is going to up the level of play on the women's side out in BC. On the men's side, Jim Cotter, of course, has been there for a long time. For a while, you've been able to pencil them in to a briar. I'm really high, as I think most people who pay attention to the sport, are on Tyler Tardy and that team. I mean, they got bored winning World Junior Championships and said, we're going to the men's (laughs) side, even (laughs) though we could do this, even though we could win another World Championship. We're good. And that final against Jim Cotter in the... Men's Provincial last year was so good. Um, <laughs> like just such a good game. And those yeah. guys look like they are ready to take the, the next step. And if you can get a really good, legitimate Briar threat team out of British Columbia, the Briar gets that much deeper, gets that much more fun to watch. So a lot of my thinking about BC is heavily weighted towards Tyler Tardy on the mixed double side. I believe Dunstone's partner lives in BC. So do you count Desiree? Yeah. So do you count Dunstone and like maybe, maybe, maybe he moves to BC at some point, even though he'll still play out of Saskatchewan on the men's side. And in my world, his, his mixed double stuff shifts to British Columbia, but, uh, overall, and Tyler Tardy, of course, plays mixed doubles as well. But I think that young talent in British Columbia is really, really strong. And I'm almost talking myself into switching my ranking. I'm not going to, wow. Uh, wow. but uh, I'm I'm really high on the future of British Columbia curling. So uh, definitely a top five province in the country right now.
1: Historically, how do they stack up? So Sean, they, they stack up really well. It's Desiree Hawes. I, I misspoke. Uh, I had, must have had Caitlin Laws on the mind. But Desiree Haas, uh, yes, plays out of uh, BC with Corinne Brown's rank. Uh, like you say, uh, junior wise, BC's got seven men's titles all time, four women's titles all time. Uh, they're they're also pretty strong at seniors. Uh, yeah. Second highest amount of women seniors. They've got eight women seniors uh, and and three men seniors. So uh, pretty strong there. Of course, you mentioned like Kelly Law. Uh, it gets a boost because of her Olympic silver medal uh, that earns her some extra points in my metrics. Um, Pat Ryan curled out of BC for a few years. So uh, he's, he's got uh, some of his Briar accomplishments uh, incorporated into the ratings where we see nothing or very little Sean is in the grand slams. And this is a, right. uh, You know, this is just the way it is. The Grand Slams are dominated by a few teams in key provinces, and Jim Cotter, as good as he's been at the Briar, was never really able to put it together on the Grand Slam circuit, uh, even when John Morris was with his team. And on the women's side, we will be seeing these young teams getting into the Grand Slams and I'm, I'm sure making noise in the next 10 years, but up to this point, Not much on the women's side. I have one grand slam final and I think it was a Kelly Scott team and on the men's side, one grand slam win and three finals all time. So not super impressive when you compare it to the other provinces we have left and all of that pooled together gives BC the number five ranking.
0: Yeah. That's where I have them uh, as well Uh, as that number five spot. Just by raving that, about it, but yeah, yeah. When you look at the other four provinces, it's hard to put them ahead of them.
1: Yeah. So there's from Nova Scotia that I have at six. There's a hundred point jump up to BC. So right. the whole distance between zero and like the number fourteen and number six, there's another jump to BC, and the jump to the next team is eighty three points. So BC wow. is like solid middle class citizen. I would say upper middle class. Uh they're not worrying about uh losing their house, but they're not buying a no. big mansion either. Right. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think we sort of profiled
0: it. Very solid curling tradition at the national level from British Columbia. All right. So let's uh let's sort of hop back to the east. Let's go to Manitoba, one of the curling hotbeds in this country. People in Saskatchewan and Alberta would argue with you, but you know Manitoba, for a long time, I think had the highest participation rate in the country. Scott, historically, how do they stack up and who is accumulating most of
1: these points? So Manitoba stacks up really well, Sean. They're second in terms of Briar wins uh, with 27. Uh, You've got Jeff Stoughton most recently. Uh, You've got Kerry Burtnick, Vic Peters, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, at the same time, on the women's side, Jennifer Jones, arguably the greatest curling skip ever, uh, one of the best teams of all time, no matter which team you pick, right, is, is going to be yeah. there. Uh, always finishing in the top three at the Scotties, uh, racking up stu- racking up those kind of points. And uh, Mike McEwen's rank, racking up Grand Slams, uh, along with Team Jones, along with Team Anderson, in the last couple of years has has really stormed the scene uh, with the Grand Slams in uh, Juniors, Seniors, mixed doubles. Like they're still good. Uh, nine Canadian mixeds uh, sits them third on the on the list for that uh, category. Yep. So overall, Sean, this this province is really really stacked, um, really deep as well. I I didn't take depth. As much into account. I sort of let the numbers uh, speak for themselves. Uh, But I want to hear your sort of gut ranking before I reveal where they sit uh, on the metrics.
0: Yeah. So for me, current depth is, is very important in the way I'm looking at this. This is by far the deepest province in the country right now. I don't think there's an argument for any other province if you look at the totality of the events that we're talking about. Men's side, you got McEwen as probably the clear favorite still at any provincial championship. But you got Gunner. you got Sean Grassi, who makes the playoffs seemingly every year at the Manitoba Provincials and can put up a fight. Tanner Horgan is there. Don't sleep on that team. And Jacques Gauthier, defending world's junior champion. Those guys are going to graduate into the men's game as well. They played in the men's mm-hmm. playdowns this year. So you're looking at five, well, four teams that could go to a briar and probably threaten to make the playoffs and another team that could win a manitoba provincial and then i'd be curious to see how they would do at a briar on the women's side i think this is by far the deepest province on the women's side as well you might have a case on the men's side that there are other provinces that are just as deep but on the women's side it's not even close and of course it's the big three mm-hmm. of jennifer jones tracy Fleury, and carrie anerson all three of those teams are good enough to win a world championship. And they're all in the same province. And last year we had three Manitoba teams, not officially in the field because they don't count the tiebreaker or not the tiebreaker, the wild card loser is having made a, a Scotties, but they were all there. And okay. it really reflects the depth of curling in, in Manitoba. And then look on the mixed double side. And a lot of the players from those four people teams are really good on the mixed doubles side as well. And I would say Caitlin Laws is the best women's mixed doubles player in the country. John Morris is the best men's mixed doubles player in the country. And hey, they want a gold medal together. What a surprise. Uh, And I kind of wish they would uh, play together again. But you also got to look on the uh, mixed doubles in the women's side too. Uh, Zacharias, uh, the the defending world champion on the women's side for the juniors. And then on the mixed doubles, you also have people like Colton Lot and uh, Sahidek. What, what's her first name? Um, Katrina Sahidek. Yeah, Katrina Sahidek. Like that's a good team on the mixed double side as well that you got to pay attention to if they're in the field at an event. And overall, if you just look at the depth out of Manitoba, it's crazy right now. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I, I am glad really that
0: great. I'm not trying to break through into Manitoba curling as a as a young player. Because it would be so hard. Now that presents a lot of opportunities to get high-level quality games, really close to where you live, but you're going to lose a lot too. And maybe that's good. You know, it makes you more resilient. But it's going to be a tough slog for some of these younger teams because even the older teams are are relatively young.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so crazy to think like uh, Carly Burgess went from Nova Scotia, having won. Uh, a Canadian junior's uh, into Manitoba to play with Mackenzie Zacharias and uh, won a a Canadian junior last year. So, like, imagine Sean deciding, oh, you know what? In order to win, I want to go to Manitoba (laughs) because I can join up with, like, this amazing team. So, yeah, the depth of Manitoba is amazing. Uh, uh, That Zacharias team, I believe, is still eligible for junior next year. I want to
0: say they year. have another year, uh, another year left, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it might have been this year. It might have been the 2020, 2021 season. And if it's wiped out, then who knows? But yeah, that's another young team on the rise. Uh, really yeah. great. They've won between the men's and women's in juniors in Manitoba. They've won 21 uh, national championships. Of course, we've seen uh, uh, such great young curlers as uh, uh, Caitlin Laws, and I, Kelly Scott, I believe, played out of uh, Manitoba as well. Yeah, uh, but she was in too. Like,
0: yeah, you got yeah. them. I believe JT Ryan was in a final on the men's side last oh, yeah. year. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's it's insane how good some of the talent in Manitoba is.
1: So, based on all that talent, Sean,
0: where you got him? Number one with a bullet. It, to me, it's
1: not really that close. Wow! Wow! So. Uh, based on the numbers, based on the wins, the uh, grand slams, the uh, everything I've talked about, uh, I've got Manitoba as number two on the list, okay. and they're sort of solidly number two. There's one number one team, and we had Ontario at three, so they're like pretty evenly split between those two. All right, I will. I will tell you on the women's side. If we look just at the women, yeah. Manitoba is number one. Uh, based right. especially on on all those Jennifer Jones championships and gold medals and all that yeah. stuff and
0: Connie Laliberte before her
1: and, yeah yeah
0: yeah all right so we got two provinces left we've left them for the end intentionally because it's Saskatchewan Alberta Scott they came into Confederation the same day in 1905 1905 one province I think it was like two minutes officially before the other one it's it's a very it's not quite at the same time because you have to figure out where all the, the premiers are going to sit at the first minister's meetings. Uh, yes. And it's an order of entry into confederation. <laughs> so it's not simultaneous, but it is on the same day. Saskatchewan and Alberta. Scott, let's start with Alberta. Who makes the biggest impact
1: for the Wild Rose province? So, Sean, before we start about talking about Alberta, I will say I went to Calgary Stampede in 2005, 100th anniversary of Alberta. Awesome show. They put on an awesome show. Uh, I went for the chuck wagon races. I stayed for the pageantry. <laughs> what what an amazing job by the province yeah. of Alberta. Uh, so, Alberta, pancakes? Sean. What
0: about pancakes? No pancakes? That's, isn't hey, that the whole back. point? Like having big pancakes at the Stampede? Isn't that like yeah. 90% of the draw? Uh,
1: I had like deep fried Oreos and a <laughs> lot of beer. So yeah, if, you there's lots pancakes, of
0: if you had pancakes first, it would have soaked up all that beer.
1: Sean, you're really smart. Yeah.
0: I'm a doctor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Sean, Alberta, uh, the men's side of the equation for curling in Alberta. That dominates the field. Uh, it goes back all the way to uh, like Pat Ryan and the Ryan Express. They've got yeah. uh, the Randy Furby ranks, Kevin Martin, uh, all throughout uh, history. They've got 29 gold medals, 21 silver medals, eight bronzes. They're, I think, the only province. Let me double check. Yes, they're the only province that gets two Olympic medals credited for uh should have been two golds but uh we can let <laughs> kevin martin talk about that on his podcast and a ton of grand slam wins this uh, of course we've got current the current team in, in kevin cooey uh, uh we talked about them not being as strong in the grand slams as you might think but kevin martin was a beast in the grand slams when they were going on uh 28 grand slam wins for alberta as a province. Uh, 24 finals made without winning, it just blows everybody else out of the water. The women's side, Sean, less impressive. Right. Uh, eight Scotties championships, uh, far fewer than you would think. Uh, yeah. You know, and Charles, Chelsea Carey has two of those, I believe. Um, Heather Godberson now Netoyn has yeah. two or three of those, so uh, not a lot of wins. Uh, they are pretty strong on the junior side, 16 men's, 10 women's, uh, the Canadian mix. They have the most of any province with 11. So they're, they're like very strong overall, but the men's side really tips the scale for me. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you also got a, a medal with Shane and Clybrink right on the, on the women's side at the Olympics.
1: That's true. And, uh, Cheryl Bernard. Oh,
0: of course. Yeah. Cheryl Bernard. So a couple of medals. So yes, a lot of medals, uh, Olympic medals coming out of Alberta. I think for me, Scott, it's the same when I'm looking at it from that more contemporary perspective, that the men's side is a little deeper. You got, of course, three-time Breyer finalist, uh, Brendan Botcher in there. Uh, Of course, Kevin Cooey, and then uh, Ted Appleman. we've been so impressed with him at the Alberta Provincials in the games that he's played there. Would uh, love to see him make it to a some someday. It'll be very difficult for him. And then, of course, Karsten Sturme in the mixed, That final that he played last year, or was it the semifinal that, that they played uh, with Brendan Botcher that was really remarkable. I, I, to me, one of the games of the year, if not the game of the year, uh, certainly the best game of any of the Provincials that we saw. So a lot of depth on the men's side, If we shift over to the women's side, I don't think you're looking at as high of a ceiling at this point. Mm -hmm. And I guess that matches up with what we're seeing historically. You have Laura Walker and her team. You have Selena Sturme and her team that has had some success. And, of course, you got Casey Scheidegger. And that is a team that really burst on the scene nationally, I would say, at the 2017 trials and then had a great run at the Scotties the following year. But also, a team that doesn't play that much for career reasons. They're very similar to Kristen McCarville in that regard, that they want to do other things outside of the sport, and, and certainly can't argue with them about that. Yeah. On the mixed double side, you do have a lot of folks out there who play mixed doubles to some success. Obviously, John Morris being there is huge. The Walker Crocker team, there, uh, which of course isn't, is no longer Walker Crocker, but Uh, still a great name still is Uh, in our hearts yeah being there uh, definitely helps in in that respect but overall i'm thinking from a 2020 perspective not quite the same level of depth as manitoba across the board so i have them of course can't be higher than manitoba because i had manitoba one so i have them a notch below in that number two spot and i think i could guess where alberta is in your rank
1: yeah, Alberta's number one uh, with a bullet, Sean, overall. Uh, they're number one when I don't take into account team bonus, number one when I do take into account the highest ranked uh, team from each province. Uh, they're they're just, uh, like I say, have won the most national championships of any province. I, I guess Manitoba has won more between the men and women. They've won 40 between the men and women. In Alberta, they've got... 37. But uh, like I said before, like the Grand Slam sort of put them over the top, especially uh, on the men's side.
0: Yes, uh, for sure. So that means, Scott, that we both have
1: Saskatchewan. The sky of blue and the sea of green, and number four. Number four, yeah. So Saskatchewan is, like I mentioned, BC uh, was 100 points higher than Nova Scotia. Saskatchewan is 83 points higher than BC. So I think we have like a very clear delineation between uh, what I'd say is like the bottom eight, number five, number four, number three. Are, like like they're all pretty solidly split um, in, in my ranking. So Saskatchewan, obviously buoyed by the Richardsons early on, uh, not a lot of recent Briar success, uh, uh, notwithstanding Matt Dunstone last year, but, Sort of as well on the Grand Slams trail until Matt Dunstone, not a lot of success uh, so far. So it's, like I say, it's it's sort of, it's up and coming maybe, maybe. Uh, women's side, it's a bit the same. Like it's it's buoyed by past success. It's buoyed by uh, uh, Sandra Schmirler. And uh, Sherry Anderson. So, uh, like when I look at the uh, seniors wins, I have nine Saskatchewan seniors ladies wins, eight senior men's juniors, very strong, uh, 14 for the men, 11 for the women. uh, But that hasn't translated so far into sustained Briars and Scotties success.
0: No, it hasn't. And that's sort of the shame, I think, of... Where curling is in this country at the, the elite level is that mm-hmm. Saskatchewan hasn't been a contender regularly at the national events. I legitimately believe or genuinely believe that the events are better when Saskatchewan is competitive, regardless of where the event is being held. Having Saskatchewan in the mix and being good, it's it's more fun to me. It's, you know, when you talk about the NHL, when the original six teams are good And contenders, the league somehow feels more fun. I feel that Mm -hmm. way about Saskatchewan. And Dunstone and that team, they are going to be really good in terms of the depth of the province. I do think it hurt a little bit that Kirk Myers joined the team and those rivalry games between Myers and Dunstone were a lot of fun. Totally Mm -hmm. understand why that decision was made. But in terms of the depth, maybe it takes a bit of a step down for the province on the men's side. Although, i am be really curious to see how Colton Flash and his team does and if they can take that Myers underdog role that we, we saw for the past two years. But those are really the only two teams on the men's side that we're looking at. I mean, the Sean Meachams of the world. I mean, Sean Meacham seems like such an interesting cat. Uh, the, if you've never seen Sean Meacham play, just look at see if you can find a video and look at his shoes. It's the most unique thing I've ever seen a curler do. So you have that on the women's side after Robin Silvernagel. I'm not sure where you're looking for the elite teams. I mean, she's played Sherry Anderson in the final the past couple of years and we love Sherry Anderson. It's her world. We're just lucky enough to live in it. But in terms of depth of the province, not seeing much past that the mixed double side, you know, Dunstone, we talked about he plays, Kirk Myers is maybe the second best men's mixed doubles player in the country after John Morris. And really all he has to do is up his words per minute by about five or six, and he's right on par (laughs) uh, with Morris on that regard. But uh, when you look at that that side of it, I think the mixed doubles really helps with somebody like that in the province. But overall, not quite the same level of depth as elsewhere. So I agree with you that – to get to that next level. It's, it's a pretty clear delineation between three and four between Ontario and Saskatchewan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the young infusion of talent that we see in Saskatchewan can continue to move forward. And I think you're right. Kirk Myers joining Dunstone is bad for depth, but I think it might be better for ceiling. Uh, yes, in Saskatchewan. I yeah, yeah.
0: 100%. I, I totally agree provided they stay. And and I mean that not in this, the sense of, I know they talked about leaving recently, mm-hmm. but that was for training purposes. They're going to play out of Saskatchewan. But one of the things that we've seen a lot of Saskatchewan players is that they'll leave. Um, yep. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. And, and in the past it's been primarily for personal job prospects as a lot of folks in the nineties and earlier were leaving Saskatchewan for uh, economic purposes Mm -hmm. And as a result, they were not playing out of Saskatchewan. So we hope that they stay and they seem to have a really big following there. The people really like them. Kirk Myers does a a great job of maintaining a presence in the community. And hopefully that can sustain itself because the people of Saskatchewan, Scott, they deserve a national champion.
1: Yeah, sure. Whatever.
0: (laughs) Come on, man. Give the people what they want. I love Saskatchewan.
1: I know you do. You live there. I've been there a couple of times. I got (laughs) eaten alive by mosquitoes in the middle of the day. (laughs)
0: Tough it out. It's got, I think, the best museum in the country. So that was pretty
1: fun. That was a
0: fun museum I went to. All right. So overall, Scott, when we look at our rankings, we had five provinces or five member associations in the same spot on the rankings. We both had Ontario at three. Saskatchewan at four, British Columbia at five, then Yukon and Nunavut as the final two. And other than the Northwest Territories, none of our other rankings were off by more than
1: one from each other. and And I think it sort of makes sense, right? Like the the traditional powerhouses are the the ones that continue to this day to be strong. I wonder if Increased participation in the Briar and Scotties is just going to increase the difference between between the two provinces, or if it's or the the many provinces, or if it's going to bring it together by giving more opportunities. We do see the sort of pros versus joes, and yeah, a, that you know Michelle Fournier has talked about it a lot. I wonder though, Sean, like, isn't there an opportunity for a team to move to a province? that is traditionally not that good and just kind of dominate by getting reps. Like Brad Gushu is just like a great curler that happens to be from Newfoundland. Yes. Do we need a great curler or two because he's been with Mark Nichols basically his whole career. Uh, Do we need like a couple of young curlers, let's say from Prince Edward Island to just decide that they want to be the best curlers in the world and they'll get a chance to go to the briar every year. Do we need that to happen? Or is there a chance for a team say like a Brendan Botcher who's young and up and coming to say, man, like sucks to Alberta. Like who we don't want to do that every year and have everybody move somewhere else with remote working, becoming more of a thing in 2020. I, I wonder if it's something we'll see to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's possible that that people will make those decisions to to do that to go play in a different province. I would suggest that from everything I've seen out of the Botcher team, that living on the East Coast maybe not quite in their uh, <laughs> in their their list of priorities of things that they would mm-hmm. want to do. But there is an opportunity there. You're right. I think what's what's interesting though is just how centralized all these, the, the great provinces are together. And the opportunities to do that are either to go North or to go East. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was a case where new Brunswick was really deep and Quebec wasn't, then you're looking at, you know, it, it's maybe a little easier to, to facilitate that. But as the sport gets increasingly professionalized moving across the country, for that, maybe it makes a little more sense, both from a financial perspective, that personal perspective. If you can make more of a living out of it, it's not as daunting to to do that. And as you mentioned with remote work, it makes sense. And, And yeah, I do think that where we sit right now, you have three provinces, certainly on the men's side, little tougher, I think, on the women's side in those provinces, but that could be up for grabs if there are young players who want to get out of some of these deeper provinces.
1: Yeah, I just wonder, like, our friend Nancy just moved from Ottawa to New Brunswick. Uh, mo- partly, well, I'd say mostly because she can do her job in New Brunswick now. Um, yes. And, you know, she has family there, and there's there's different reasons to go back for everybody. But, you know, Sean, like, uh, probably I, I I've been working at home for eight months. You you have also been working at home that long. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we move to uh, Miramichi and uh, <laughs> form a curling team and see what happens? Right. Like. All right. I, I think know, if, a lot- Scott, if we're gonna
0: move, I'm going to the island. All right. I'm playing Eddie in a provincial <laughs> final. <laughs> That's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, you got Eddie in a provincial final. Uh, I, I was thinking you'd move to uh, to Vancouver Island, but uh, okay. Uh, yeah, you go to you go to Pi. You got curling in the winter time. You got golfing all summer. Yeah, uh, log in to do your job for a few hours every day. No big deal. What What could be better? Yeah, have muscles all the time.
0: Be great. Mm, delicious. You know? Yeah, but it is an interesting thing to think about that uh, there, there that could be a strategy that that a team or two adopts moving forward. And Scott, going through this, it just reaffirmed to me how much I like having provincial representation at events. It mm-hmm. It's fun. I like it. I realize that it, there seems to be some trends going away from it, but I'm going to be a voice in the wind saying that it, it's fun to see the provinces and see people at these events that you don't normally see. So, uh, you know, it was just fun. It was just fun to think about the Eddie McKenzie's of the world and the Jamie Murphy's of the world. And even thinking back to folks who we haven't seen in a while, like Sylvie Robichaud or Mark Dacey. And those are the people who, you know, or Heather Smith days, even like those are the sort of people who it's fun to see once a year at these events. So it, I enjoyed that exercise or this exercise for a lot of reasons, with that being one of them, because I, had, I honestly, I had more difficulty trying to rank the six through 10 provinces than I did the one through five.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that problem because it was all data, but, yeah. uh, I know what you mean. I'm going to share Sean, I'm going to share with you the, uh, Google sheet that I used to uh, create all this stuff. So you can uh, poke around and uh, if we want, we can share it out uh, when we tweet about this episode.
0: I like it. So head on over to the Game of Stones Twitter and I'll post the link to that Google sheet and you can see all of Scott's methodology and I'll add my subjective ranking as well. Mm -hmm. So, So there you have it. So Scott, just run down your list one more time real quick. All right.
1: So starting at the top on my overall rankings, I've got Alberta, Manitoba, Ontario, Saskatchewan, British Columbia, uh, Nova Scotia, Northern Ontario, Newfoundland, Labrador, Quebec, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Northwest Territories, uh, Yukon and Nunavut. And
0: for me, I have, starting at the top, Manitoba, Alberta, Ontario, Saskatchewan, BC, Northern Ontario, Newfoundland, Quebec, the Northwest Territories, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, Yukon, and Nunavut. So there you have it, our power rankings of the provinces of the member associations in Canada. Let us know what you think. Are our rankings way off? Do you agree with them? Should Nova Scotia be as high? as scott has them or should the northwest territories be as high as i have them let us know what you think you can find us on social media at game of stones pod you can also get in touch with us game of stones podcast at gmail.com with your thoughts so thank you everybody for listening this week we'll be back with you again next week in the interim if you have not yet please do subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast do the likes ratings comments all that stuff Helps other people find the show. Scott's on social media at Scott Likes TV. I'm there at the Sean Graham, and head on over to GamestonesPod.com. You can find all of our past episodes and the merch. We have the T-shirts that we are selling. All proceeds plus we're matching that are going to Food Banks Canada. So head on over to GamestonesPod.com and do join us on Facebook every Monday at five Eastern as we chat with the guys from Rocks Across the Pond. This week, a lively discussion about which type of housework is the most objectionable. And I was 100% right. So you can head on over for those discussions. All the videos are there. So Scott, Sean, good good stuff, man. Good math.
1: Yeah, it's fun. I I really like doing math, but uh, now I'm going to have to uh, eat some food, so... That yes. beer is hitting me. Ooh. <laughs> that was a double.
0: Sure was. Sure yes. was. All right. Well, Scott, uh, take care of
1: yourself. You're traveling this week. Be safe. Enjoy yes, yourself. Thank you. uh, first travel in eight months. And I will be on the road next week. So we'll see uh, what we can do uh, from a remote location.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to make it work. I'm sure we'll be able to MacGyver something. So mm-hmm. we'll have something for you again next Wednesday. But until then, thanks for listening. Keep your brooms on the ice. And don't dump that intern.
1: Make the final.